Welcome to the Evolutionary Androgen Podcast. I'm Charlotte Alea, and I am on a quest for the stories that reveal to us our evolutionary potential. I search folklore throughout time and from around the globe that hold the keys to transform humanity's current crisis, from fractured and separated to whole and healed. As we unify feminine with masculine, a new version of us is emerging. We have arrived. (laughs) We have arrived at the Black Ray of Wisdom, and today we journey to the region of Central Asia, which brings us the myths of the goddess Durga and her emanation as the warrior mother goddess Kali Ma. As you probably know, we have already traveled through 11 rays of this beautiful rainbow of a quest. We are nearing the completion of our journey. Black is not really a color. It contains all the colors within it. Black is the absence of light. And as we journey through this 12th ray, black teaches us that in the absence of light, there is great wisdom. The divine feminine archetype of the black ray of wisdom is the crone. The divine feminine elder who is wise in that way can only be by living a long, full life of loss, love, and heartbreak. She exists on the edge of life and death. She is unafraid of anything. And because of this, She is also the divine masculine archetype of the guide or teacher. She's the only one that can lead us through the unknown. Durga, in her emanation of Kali, shows everything we need to know about the crone and the black ray of wisdom. She is our teacher in these times of tremendous change, chaos, and painful destruction. One of the questions I have been sitting with as I've been witnessing genocide in Palestine and other parts of the world and feeling powerless to do anything, much of anything about it, is how can I create good amidst so much horror? And I've returned to the story of Durga and Kali many times to remember the answer. This is the first and only story from Asia that I'm telling within this podcast, and that's because I'm just not so knowledgeable about Eastern folklore. It's not my lineage, and therefore I haven't done as much of a deep dive into the ancient materials as I have, say, with the Celtic and Middle Eastern traditions. But I knew from day one of creating this podcast that I would want to include this story of Durga and Kali. Because it is a story that changed me. I had learned about Durga, Kali, and many of the goddesses within the Hindu pantheon several years ago. And especially Kali is often referenced in my divine feminine circles as one of those faces of the dark goddess. As a powerful force of death and destruction. 
But it wasn't until a little over a year ago when I first experienced the power of her nature. It was during a group Zoom call with my temple dance and spiritual embodiment teacher, Sedona Swan Soulfire. She was recounting her own version of the story of how Durga gives birth to Kali during battle. And at some point, she was no longer telling the story. She was transmitting it. Her eyes filled with wonder and tears. Her voice spoke a truth deeper and much bigger than herself. And the spirit of Kali awoke within my own consciousness, along with her truth that once you know, you can't unknow. So get ready. Looking back, I realize that this was one of the moments that inspired me to create this podcast and believe in the power of storytelling. It is my hope and prayer that the stories I have shared can come close, even come close to that kind of transmission, that kind that can awaken life-altering truth within your heart. This telling of the story of Kalima is as close as possible to how I remember my teacher, Sedona Swan Soulfire, telling it to me. I have sourced several books on Durga and Kali and have discovered in the process how many variations of her story there are. She is not a goddess to be pinned down, that's for sure. And it is quite amazing how her mythos has spread so wide and far. I hope and pray that the version I tell here will do this vast and powerful goddess justice. A few books I'd like to reference for source are Goddess Durga and Sacred Female Power by Laura Amazon, Awakening Shakti by Sally Kempton, and The Path of the Priestess by Sharon Rose. Plus, I would be remiss not to source the original Hindu text with the story of the goddess, the Devi Mahatmaya. But before we get to Durga and Kali's story, I'd like to read you some excerpts about the goddess Kali herself so that we may get a feel for who she is and why we are even telling this story. These come from Laura Amazon's book, Goddess Durga and Sacred Female Power. Here we go. Kali teaches us that death and decay are just as important to our overall existence as birth, growth, and abundance. Kali is a goddess who defies convention. She is free from societal expectations and demands. Kali is described as having a horrible, dreadful, and terrifying appearance. She dances wildly and ecstatically on the battlefield or in the cremation ground. She is uncontrollable. Because of her untamable nature, she is associated with the periphery of Hindu society. She carries a human skull that contains menstrual blood. 
the essence of Shakti power, of life force energy. Kali is black like the cosmos and dark like the earth. She is described as being garbed in space or sky clad. Sometimes she is described as being blue-black. Her disheveled hair is sometimes referred to as a curtain of illusion. Her hair reminds us of the illusionary reality of waking life. Worlds are contained in her dark locks. Kali is most often depicted with four arms. In her left hand, she carries a severed head symbolizing the ego. In her right hand, she holds a sword of discriminating wisdom. With her other two hands, she gives mudras that dispel fear and give spiritual protection and strength. Kali is the power of time. She teaches us about the indifference and neutrality of natural forces. She reminds us of the inevitability of death. Ma Kali contains all the mysteries of existence in her universal body. Her darkness contains the great mystery of the unknown. But ultimately, she comes to free us from all the limitations and conditioning that society and we ourselves have imposed on us. Kali strips away all the illusions we have held about ourselves and our individual place in this world, forcing us to come to terms with the inevitability of death. These are obviously not pleasant lessons, and yet at the root of our suffering is a deep need for us to surrender to her. Our story begins at the end of a terrible war, when the great demon called Mahisha defeated the gods and humans of earth and ruled the planet with uncontrollable greed and abuse of power, taking everything he could for himself and stripping the earth of life. The gods have no choice but to retreat to heaven, and there they hold sacred counsel. Something must be done. The earth is being stripped of her power. Brahma, the god of creation, Shiva, the god of destruction, and Vishnu, the god of preservation, become so angry at what is happening on earth that the heat and passion within their hearts call forth the radiating light of creation itself. Creation responds to their plea by gifting them with a spark and small flame. United in their purpose, the three gods focus their third eyes upon the flame. This flame grows into a blazing mountain of Shakti fire and begins to come to life. A luminous face, strong, exquisite arms, scintillating dark hair, resplendent and radiant breasts, and dancing red feet emerge. And finally, from the flames of the fire, form three shining eyes and a golden body clothed in the fiery rays of the sun. The gods behold the immense power and luminosity of the goddess Durga and rejoice. Here was she who will defeat Mahisha and return the earth to life. 
the gods bestow Durga with their sacred weapons and implements. Shiva gives her a trident. Vishnu a whirling disgust. Vaya, the wind god, gives her a bow and quivers with arrows. Indra, the god of heaven, gives her a thunderbolt. And Kala, the god of time, gives Durga his shining sword and shield. Upon receiving these gifts, Durga roars with laughter. Again and again she roars such that the sky resounds, the seas tremble, and the earth quakes. She mounts her mighty lion and journeys to earth. Mahisha takes one look at Durga and is filled with an unquenchable hunger and rage to defeat her. And because of his excessive pride, he believes defeating her will be quite simple. He has never before encountered the power of the goddess. Mahisha sends his army storming across the battlefield to attack Durga. And yet, soon the battlefield flows with rivers of demon blood. Upon seeing the destruction of his army, Mahisha shapeshifts into a lion, then an elephant, and each time Durga awaits him with her sword or a shower of arrows, destroying him. And yet, Mahisha continues to shapeshift and come back to life. He sends another army, and another, and another. The armies of demons keep coming, and the battlefield is strewn with piles of dead and reeks of decay. From the death and decay, thousands of more demons come to life. Durga slays every one. But what is she to do? They keep coming, and their numbers are multiplying. How is the cycle of destruction ever going to stop? Durga stops her fighting. She needs a moment to retreat. She climbs to the top of a mountain to meditate. She silences the noise, the thoughts, and emotions. And she journeys deep, deeply within the silence of her own infinite vastness. From that emptiness, one truth emerges. War is an illusion. All of this is illusion. The ultimate truth is that all of existence is empty space. The ultimate truth is the void. The spark of this truth brings forth new life. Durga gives birth to herself. From her womb, Durga gives birth to Saraswati, goddess of creativity. From her heart, Durga gives birth to Lakshmi, goddess of love and abundance. And from her third eye, Durga gives birth to Kali, goddess of death. Kali Ma, hair wild and dark as night, 
eyes like pools of terror, skulls dangling from her breasts, tongue protruding and salivating with lust, leads the goddesses onto the battlefield. Mahisha and his demons take one look at Kali and laugh. But Kali opens her mouth. And as she does, she begins to inhale. Her mouth becomes as wide as the valley, and in one fell swoop, she consumes each and every last demon, thousands of them, and sends them into the dark abyss of her empty void. Now Kali faces Mahisha alone. For the first time, he quivers and cowers with fear, beholding the power of the goddess, beholding the power of death. Kali takes one of her great legs and stands upon Mahisha's neck. She demands that Mahisha return to his true and original form. Mahisha obeys and reveals himself as a buffalo. Kali Ma pierces his heart with her sword, and Mahisha's body returns to clay, becoming evermore one with the earth. The gods and humans rejoice. The earth returns to life. All hail and welcome the power of the goddess. If you have followed along with some or all the episodes of this podcast, you may have noticed that there has been a running theme of birth, rebirth, creation, the feminine births the masculine, together they create a new world, and as whole, healed, androgynous beings, we rebirth ourselves into new forms. As evolutionary androgens, our prime mission is to co-create a world where we can all be our whole, healed, and evolved selves living harmoniously with life on Earth. So with this in mind, I'd like to return to the question I posed at the beginning of the episode, which was, how can we create good amidst so much chaos, destruction, and horror? It's really difficult to exist within this paradox of creation and destruction. And the crises in the world right now is providing us with this boot camp or thrown in the fire type style test to learn how to do just that. I believe the story of Durga and Kalima provides some answers to our inquiry. First of all, let's return to the part of the story when Durga has exhausted her resources and realizes that her current approach to fighting the demon at face value is just not going to work. All Durga is doing is maintaining the status quo. With every face of the demon she destroys, he creates more. By fighting might with might, not only does she not win, she makes the demon stronger. And so Durga does the exact opposite. She retreats and meditates. She discovers the truth about illusion and empty space, which as it turns out, 
is her greatest power. This tells us a lot about what we must also do when we face what feels like an unstoppable foe or adversary, when we encounter or witness atrocity that is so horrible, it feels like it can only be created from a source of evil. I know I have witnessed a lot of that these past two months. Our first response is often to become bigger, stronger, mightier. But in most cases, this just fuels the flames. We will never, as a collective humanity or even as individuals, end the cycles of violence, war, genocide if we continue to behave as though the mightiest will win. Mightiest of arms, mightiest of numbers, resources, wealth, wits. It doesn't matter. It's all the same endless game. Maybe instead, our first wise decision is to meditate as Durga does and to find the empty space of the void within us where wisdom springs to life. From there, we can access truth. And that truth has the power to not win or power over our adversaries, but to change the game. Now, let's return to the part of the story when Durga gives birth to Kali through her third eye, her center and power of clear perception. Kali embodies the purity of truth. She enters the battlefield, and although the demons laugh at her, Kali approaches them for what they are, illusions created by Mahisha, not real. She simply opens her mouth and consumes the thousands of demons into her vast, infinite void of darkness, returning them to the truth of what they are. She sees the truth of Mahisha's game. He wins, overcomes, and tricks his foes through the power of illusion. And the only way to transform illusion is through truth. And so to Mahisha, Kali also demands the truth. And it is only in his true form that his power can be destroyed. Kali represents the inevitable presence of death in its earthly nature. By coming to face our greatest fear of our own human death, by shedding the illusion of immortality, we recognize how our bodies will inevitably return to the earth. Her cycle will continue, using the materials of our body in a new form, and she will also eventually die, and the materials of her body will be used to create new solar systems, stars, planets. It is all part of a vast cosmic cycle where something trillions of years ago was created out of nothing. And eventually, perhaps trillions of years from now, that something will return to nothing because that is its source and true ultimate nature. At the core truth of cosmic law, we don't really exist. Our bodies, feelings, consciousness is all an illusion. We are energy and empty space. That's it. After we face the terror of this truth, which Durga and Kali initiate us through, the truth sets us free. 
because we can now see through the illusions that are fed to us. Illusions about power, about scarcity, about control, about who owns and has access to what. It's all a game made to make us feel afraid. It's all a game played by people that believe the illusion they have been fed. War feeds on illusion. Now, I do not intend in any way to devalue human life or to take a spiritually bypassed perspective on the atrocities occurring upon our planet. And Durga doesn't either. She doesn't see the illusions for what they are and then says, hey guys, this is silly. I'm out of here. I'll just go create some other world in heaven. No. She has every intention of returning to the battlefield. She creates Kali for this purpose. Our core truths, just like Durga's, give rise to the warrior within us. The truth that drives my warrior is it isn't supposed to be this way. It isn't supposed to be this way. I know reality is how we collectively construct it. And I know that this is not the reality I want to live in nor the reality that Mother Earth intended for us. Therefore, it is not the reality I will tolerate, nor the game I will play. I refuse to play any of the games of colonialism, of conquest, of greed, ownership. I refuse to be tricked into believing any of the lies or illusions about separation, any consciousness of hierarchy, and any sneaky narratives that tell me I'm better than or less than anyone or anything else. And I will stop at nothing to walk with truth and integrity. Just as the strength of Kali's truth brings forth the true face of the demon Mahisha, it is my hope and prayer that by walking in my truth, I shall inspire the true faces within others to rise, and that collectively, one by one, we shall shed the facades of illusion that separate us from the earth. I'd like to, for a moment, go back to the moment when my teacher told us the story of Durga and Kali. As I shared at the beginning, this was a life-changing moment. It was then that I tapped into the truth of nothingness at my own core. Yes, it felt cold and infinite, overwhelming like a black hole. But also the discovery felt incredibly liberating because in actuality, I had been sensing that black hole of a void at my center my whole life. I thought there was something wrong with me. Like, why do I have this emptiness inside me? But with the truth and sanctity of the void revealed to me through this story of Kali, I could now use it. And I realized that just as Kali consumes the demons and sends them into her infinite darkness, so could I. I could send anything that doesn't vibrate as truth or love into that void, and it would disappear for good. And so I do. I utilize this infinite void all of the time. Kali shows us that rather than being consumed by hate, terror, or fear, all the horrible things we see in ourselves, others, in the world, we can consume them. We reverse the game. 
There is a popular belief within some new age spiritual circles that we shouldn't consume negative news or be around low vibrational energies because it'll bring down our own consciousness. According to these folks, we need to stay in the love and light to be the love and light. We need to keep it positive. You may know by now that I don't buy any of that, and I hope you don't either. But I want to mention it here because I believe this line of thinking creates more harm in the world than good. Bearing witness to the genocide in Palestine has truly tested me in these last two months. And there have been times, even as I have titrated the traumatic images I have taken in, when I felt it was too much to emotionally process and that it would throw me off my spiritual path. What I notice now is actually the opposite. Witnessing barbaric horror inflicted by humans onto other humans has helped me shed more illusion. It has deepened my capacity to hold a field of compassion for all And it has infused me with a passion to lead with my gifts, truth, and voice. If we run away from the world, we are actually creating more illusion because we are reinforcing a paradigm of fear, denial, and separation. The whole point of a spiritual journey is so we can show up to this world, eyes wide open, no matter what horror awaits us. Durga, in her face of Kalima, opens us to the wisdom we need to face the world. When we know the truth of illusion, we can face anything. I leave you, dear listener, with some questions to ponder. Perhaps you'd like to write these down because these aren't the type of question for which you'll get an immediate answer. This is something that you may wish to place upon your altar or within the cauldron of your inner flame. First, where is the infinite abyss of nothingness within you? Can you locate it? Can you feel it? Can you accept its power and potential? And then, what is the core truth that gives rise to Kalima, the warrior within you? We'll be back very soon with the final episode of the Evolutionary Androgen as we journey to the silver ray of devotion that's right just one more episode and you won't want to miss it you have been listening to the evolutionary androgen a mythic quest with me charlotte alea if you like this episode we hope you'll consider subscribing and leaving us a rating or review thanks for tuning in